All right, welcome back to another episode of the Pedicast. So today with me on the line, I have two-time Great Cup champion, three-time CFL All-Star, Willie Jefferson. Thank you for coming on the Pedicast today. Appreciate you for having me, man. Uh, so we'll start off with uh, how are you doing? I'm doing good out here in Texas, enjoying this good weather, but uh, bad circumstance. So just trying to stay out the way, but at the same time, get outside, uh, have some fun with the family. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, uh, having fun with the family is probably the most important part during this crisis. Oh, yeah, for sure. Trying to stay active, trying to stay uh, mentally uh, focused and together as as uh as a tight-knit family but at the same time trying to stay away from uh everything that's going on so social distancing that is most high yeah for sure uh so who in, who influenced you to uh start football uh who influenced me to start playing football would probably have to be my dad and just him being a sports fan you know uh me growing up a houston texans fan houston oilers fan um, just him trying to keep me and my brother active in the community and just uh, football was just one of those things that I stuck with going through high school. That's good. So, uh, you know, going through high school, uh, did you have any bumps in the road uh, before uh, going to the NFL draft, which we'll get to? Oh, for sure. You uh, Just uh, going through college uh, as a you know, as an athlete, me uh, being me, I had a couple of bumps in the road uh, when I was at Baylor that uh, caused me to go to Stephen F. Austin where I finished college and uh, held me back from doing a lot of things in the NFL draft that I would have liked to done. But uh, that's a story that I'm uh, open to telling people, uh, just trying to show them that everything isn't uh, a paved street from high school to college and from college to, uh, to a professional league and stuff like that. Everything uh, has its moments and the way you uh, go through those moments as a person, as an athlete, as a professional is uh, going to see how you uh, end up in the end, in the long run. You did go undrafted in the 2013 NFL draft. What was your mentality knowing that your name didn't get called? Uh, just just wanted to be on the team. Uh, I watched the draft from day one to the end, all the way to the end, and just to uh, know that my name wouldn't be called and stuff like that, uh, it kind of put a chip on my shoulder. But at the same time, I knew if I could get on a team, get on somebody's uh, field to show them what I can do, I could show them that uh, – I could be better than probably one of those draft picks and uh, possibly get an opportunity to be on the team and play alongside of these draft picks and, uh, you know, just uh, make my name my household name. So, uh, You did bounce around the NFL and then you landed up in the CFL with the Eskimos. Uh, what would you describe the adversity that you faced? Uh, the adversity that I faced bouncing around from team to team in the NFL and then finding uh, a home. Yeah in the CFL is just, uh, it's a part of the business. You know, uh, you aren't uh, going to be a part of a team or an organization for, you know, 
the length of your career if you do that's a great thing you know that that team that organization that uh atmosphere that you're in if y'all can get together and uh build the chemistry and stuff like that it's a wonderful thing to be a part of a team for the uh, length of your career but a lot of players uh tend to get picked up and then uh released or traded and things like that to other teams and the adversity with that is just you know uh somebody's always looking you know somebody always wants you to be a part of the team uh don't don't discourage yourself when you get released or when another team puts you up for trade or things like that is a part of the business. You can always go somewhere else and be a, a key piece to what another team or another organization is doing. You could be a blessing for somebody else on a different team than you were on the original team that you was on. There's a lot of intangibles that go along with uh, being cut, being traded, being part of an organization for a long period of time. and not being a part of an organization for a long period of time, just uh, getting picked up and then dropped off on different teams every year and stuff like that. It, it has a, a toll on your mind and a toll on your body and a toll on your family. But uh, as an athlete, as a, you know, a, a role model that people look up to and stuff like that, you got to stay strong. You got to stay mentally tough and you got to be willing to work and show these teams or every team or just that one team that you are there and you are happy and you willing to work to uh, make that team better. Yes, that's very true. It's not about how you fall. It's about how you get yourself back up, I believe. Most definitely. Well, you know, going to the NFL to the CFL is no easy task since uh, the leagues have different rules. How did you get adjusted uh, with the CFL rules? Did it take you a while? Uh, it took me a couple of weeks. Uh, I want to say a couple of a couple of games, you know, uh, me coming into the CFL, not uh, – me coming into the CFL just like at the beginning of the season, only having like a camp and, you know, a couple of preseason games to get those rules under my belt. It was a lot of stuff that I was still learning throughout my first year with, with the Eskimos and things like that. And then once, you know, uh, games start going on, you start seeing certain situations. You start seeing how uh, certain teams play, the strategy that goes into playing CFL football and then uh sitting in these meetings with these coaches and them trying to tell you everything that might go on or something that might happen like showing you film of what has happened and how they don't want it to happen again or how they wanted to uh recreate something that just happened a couple of years ago within the within the guidelines of uh, the cfl rules and stuff like that so uh me personally it, it took me a couple of games but i was uh blessed to have a good coaching staff and a, a lot of veteran players uh, show me and tell me what was going on when things like that was going on, like things that I didn't know was going on, like you, that you could kick the ball while it was on the ground, but you could block a person trying to get the ball while it's on the ground and things like that. So. Yeah, for sure. There are some uh, weird CFL rules, like the one that you mentioned. Uh, would you say that you also uh, spend a lot of the time uh, studying film? Oh, most definitely. Uh, film study is probably one of the uh, most time-consuming things that I have during the season, uh, just along with meetings and practice and stuff like that. So you try to juggle all that uh, within a day, within a week, uh, before game times and like the uh, – the preparation that you put in for a game week. Uh, film study is probably one of the most tedious things that you have to do because you want to uh, you want to find tendencies. You want to find like uh, keys or 
uh, if it's run a pass or uh, try to figure out like route combinations and uh, zone schemes and man schemes and stuff like that, just so you can be at the top of your game uh, for when the game comes and everything won't be uh, new to you. Everything will be more of a reaction and trying to just be in a spot before the other person. Um, yeah, for sure. So would you, so how would you describe, uh, the CFO season? Like how busy are you during the season? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to say I'm very busy during the season. I'm, I'm somewhat busy trying to be a family man and also trying to be, uh, uh, a businessman with the team and organization and things like that. And then just still trying to be, uh, a regular, regular person, you know, uh, so I, tend to juggle things at times. I, I have a good uh, sense of time and I have a good uh, organ like uh, organization plan. So, you know, I wake up in the morning pretty early so I can get everything done that I need to be done uh, during the day. I handle a lot of football business uh, uh, in the evening times. I spend a lot of time with my family, but then like after I spend time with my family, I uh, take a little time to myself and go back over my football things and stuff like that. And then once I'm done with that, then I can start networking and socializing and things like that with people on uh, social media or other uh, networks. You signed a uh, one-year deal with the Blue Bombers on February 12th of 2019, and you went on to have arguably one of the best seasons in your career, 24 tackles, 12 sacks, one interception, and six forced fumbles. What contributed most to that season? Just uh, focus and dedication. Uh, me knowing that I was going to be in an environment where it was always hostile when I played uh, for the, you know what I'm saying, for uh, the Rough Riders and when I played for the Eskimos, me coming to this new team with a new uh, mindset, with new coaches, new environment, new organization and all this stuff is just, to me, I was trying to stay uh, highly focused uh, I wanted to be determined to uh, show these guys on this team that I was that I've been playing against since, since I've been in the league with these fans and stuff that have been booing me since I've been in the league that, you know, uh, I'm a hard worker. I'm a guy that's going to come in and uh, not just punch the clock, but get everything done that I need to be done to show that, you know, I want us to be the uh, number one team in the CFL and uh show these players that, you know, I'm here to work. I'm not here to just, you know what I'm saying, be another player on the roster or be another uh, guy that's here for a check. I'm here to win games. I'm here to work. I'm here to be a leader. And uh, that's something that I had in the back of my mind this whole season. And uh, on top of that, my wife and my daughter just being there to support me, being there to uh, push me to be the best player that I can be, be the best father that I can be, be the best husband that I can be. And with me doing all those things and having people to depend on me, I just uh, excel. You did mention that you uh, you were the number one team in the CFL, or you wanted to be the number one team. You did end this year's campaign with the with the Grey Cup in a dominating performance: two tackles, three sacks, and two forced fumbles. How much preparation went into that Grey Cup game? More preparation than any game this season, uh, what well, is past season? You know, uh, going against. Hamilton, them being the number one team in the East and them being the only team uh, in the league that we didn't beat during the regular season. Uh, I put in a lot of work. I made a lot of phone calls to guys that played them the previous week before to get a couple 
different ideas on how they looked at things so I can look at them different, looked at uh, film over and over, pretty much of the same play for uh, like four days in a row before the Great Cup game. And then the day of the Great Cup game, just uh, taking some time to lock in on some of the tendencies and things that I saw during film. And then on the game, just trying to execute those, uh, execute the, the game plan that we had, which was an excellent game plan to stop uh, Banks and get the ball out of uh, Dane Evans' hands and try to make them run the ball, which which they wasn't a big run team, trying to get them to run the ball more than they than they did, and then just try to take the ball away. So, uh, like the preparation going into that week was 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 more than anything that I did that that year, you know, before that game, and then so for that game, everything just had to be uh, turned up a, a little bit more just so we can come out with a win. Were there some restless nights heading into the Grey Cup? Yes, the night before the Grey Cup was uh pretty was pretty restless for me. You know, just it's just like a, a kid going to school for the first for the first day. You know, you want to uh get out there, you want to see the environment, you want to uh get those jitters and everything out. So uh you know, it wasn't really like nerve wracking. It was just like one of those things that I was just really uh really anxious to get to, you know, uh, knew the game was going to be in the evening time. So I had the whole morning just to get ready and stuff like this. So that night it was kind of just like uh, going over notes and, you know what I'm saying, uh, answering phone calls and uh, trying to just trying to like relax and stay uh, not too, too anxious. Yeah. It's kind of like an excited anxious, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, has there been one coaching tip that has stayed with you throughout your career? Uh, yeah, just just be relentless, uh, especially in my position. Uh, you're not going to make all the plays, but if you can try to make as many plays as you can, uh, with me being around the ball, that's just showing that uh, that I'm that I'm willing to finish. You know, uh, you just got to give it your all. Like this is the last game. Like one thing that uh, stuck with me was when Coach O'Shea spoke to us from day one of the Grey Cup week to the, the uh, pregame speech that he gave us before we took the field. He said this was the last game that we was going to play this year, so there was no reason to hold anything back. You know, So uh, me going out there, me being a leader, me being one of the leaders on the defensive side of the ball, that's something that I you know, try to let the guys know every time we got in the huddle together or every time we had a chance to uh just take a breath and just lock in and stuff like that just let them know like this is this is our last time to uh be together on this field and you know if if you can just you know what i'm saying give it your all like once you leave this field once we leave this field we don't need to have nothing left in the tank because it's either going to be a, a a quick plane ride home or it's going to be a, a a long parade yeah, for sure. Uh, so how do you, so many athletes uh, deal with ups and downs during the season. How do you remain balanced? How do you find that level? Uh, just just my family. You know, uh, I'm a big family guy. My wife uh, and I are very close. Me and my daughter are, are, are inseparable at times and things like that. So I know if I'm having a hard time and things like that, I can always go to my wife and talk to her about something or if I'm having a, a a bad day and I'm not really feeling 
uh, up to something, I can always come home and, you know what I'm saying, I can't be that way around my daughter because I want her to always see me uh, happy or see her mom in a, uh, in a good light and things like that. So if I come home and I see her and, and she's happy and she wants to be around me and things like that, and I have to go play with her and stuff like that, so I can't be upset. I have to change my, my mindset and get ready to uh, have a good time with her because, you know what I'm saying, like she hasn't done anything to to make me upset or, or, or I shouldn't bring that type of energy back into the house when I'm with my daughter that's uh, bringing me nothing but joy. So having them around and really uh, showed me how to control my, my emotions in a sense, but then at the same time, not try to bring negative energy from, from work back, from, back to the house. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you played uh, multiple games on the road, of course. Uh, Who would you say has the loudest stadium in the CFL or NFL at that? The loudest, the loudest stadium. Yeah, because you know, road, with loud stadiums, it can disrupt the defensive uh, coordination. On the road, it, on the road, it have to be. It have to be either uh, Saskatchewan or. Um, Hamilton, for sure. You know, going to Hamilton and having everybody do the Oski Wee Wee and yeah, uh, making the, uh, the the noise when the uh, when the teams get first downs and things like that or uh, turnovers and things like that is is uh, it's pretty loud. And the same thing with uh, Saskatchewan. You know, dealing with all the noise from the sidelines from all around it and then it being kind of like tunneled in, uh, it makes it hard for offenses and defenses to. Uh, to hear, you know what I'm saying, get their bearings and things like that for the first couple of quarters. And then especially when you're tired in the fourth quarter or overtime and then having to deal with, you know, being tired and having to hear that noise and then still having to play at a high at a high tempo and stuff like that, it'll uh, really get you down. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, would you say that the game day prep changes based on whether you're playing at home or on the road? Game day prep most definitely changes when you're at home or when you're on the road because when you're at home you know exactly where everything is you know uh you probably at home you know for home games i know a lot of uh teams don't put players in hotels and stuff like that for home games so when you're at home you're sleeping in your bed you're with your family you're eating your food you know where to go if you want to get breakfast you know where you want to go when you want to get lunch how to do it, what times and stuff like that. You know, you can go to the stadium in the morning, get your workout, get you, you know, everything. But then when you're on the road, you gotta find food. You gotta, you know, try to uh, make sure you, uh, your uh, your organization is every, and everything is is up to par. You know, you don't want to wake up too late. You don't want to eat too late. You don't want to eat too early. You uh, so so you'll be hungry during the game and things like that. You don't want to eat too late to where your, you know what I'm saying, your stomach and things like that are uh, kind of turning during the game. You don't want to walk too much to where, you know, you're tired and stuff like that. So uh, when you're on the road, it's a lot, it's a lot more in to, you know, finding things, having your things in, in line for you to be the best that you can be uh, to play a team that's playing at home that's having, that's already at an advantage. Yeah, for sure. Um, so then you spoke earlier about, uh, you know, staying in shape uh, during this crisis. Uh, how have you been staying in shape during the coronavirus? Uh, I've been I've been working out uh, with my personal trainer, you know, uh, just me and him by ourselves. Nobody else, uh, you know, in a, like in like a little uh, 
training in the training uh, areas and things like that. Been doing like footwork drills and stuff like outside at uh, at a closed park. Uh, not too many people around and things like that. With another guy that I that I'm comfortable with, and just uh just doing that on the regular. You know, not not uh, trying to sit at home and just sit around and wait to see what uh what's going to happen, how everything is going and things like that. So. I've been trying to stay uh, very active, been getting outside, walking around with my daughter, with my family, and uh, things like that, just to keep them active and stuff, so they won't just be sitting around in the house. And yeah. Uh, so would you say um, that? Uh, would you say that you've been working out basically every day then to keep fit and make sure that you're fit for the season that could be upcoming? Uh, not every day, you know, like I, I have a, uh, a training regimen. So I go Monday, Tuesday, take Wednesdays off and then go Thursday, Friday and then take the weekend off and things like that. But then like on Fridays, I do uh, maintenance work. So stretch, yoga, uh, massage every now and then. Like we don't do that every Friday. So we do that every, you know what I'm saying? We rotate between those things on Fridays and then on Thursdays I do uh drills along with my uh strength and my strength and conditioning stuff like that so everything now since we were supposed to report on the 15th so now uh trying to just get everything in a in a rotation you know don't want to have uh me peaking uh too early and then having to slow down once the season is going to actually start and then try to peak again like during the season so right now i'm just doing everything at a, uh, at a moderate tempo, you know, doing uh, workouts, doing uh, the drills, and then doing the maintenance stuff, stuff like that, just so I can uh, have everything already, everything going. So when uh, we do find out uh, when the season and stuff starts, I'll be able to peak right before camp. Right. I feel like that peaking is definitely going to be an important, like it's vital for athletes to uh, peak right at training camp and not, you know, have these on and off breaks during the season that would make them inconsistent. Exactly. You know, you don't want to, uh, you know, peak and then end up pulling something when you could be, you know, still going at a moderate tempo to where, you know, you can make something stronger, make something a little bit more fluent. And then once it's time to pick things up, you pick it up to a certain extent and then, have your uh, your maintenance stuff going right along with your with your uh, performance stuff to where when you are peaking with your performance stuff you have your maintenance stuff at its highest level so everything will be going right so you won't end up hurting yourself or pulling anything. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so with Randy and Brosy postponing the start of the CFL, what are you hoping is the best option as a player? Uh, with them postponing the CFL, just uh them coming up with a date uh for for everything to come out, uh make sure that we're still gonna be playing football this season, uh uh paying players that like you know what I'm saying the younger players and things like that that haven't had the chance to start up, you know saving their money and everything the right way you know they got bills and stuff to pay they got uh families and stuff to take care of. So making sure that, you know, those younger players and, you know, all the players are paid and stuff for the time that we're missing, making sure like the uh, the insurance and the health care and everything is uh, taken care of, making sure the uh, organizations and these coaches and everything are, uh, are ready to work, we're uh, uh, taken care of, 
business wise and just just letting us know uh when we're gonna be back to work you know that's what a lot of players are waiting on right now a lot of players are doing the same thing i'm doing like trying to stay in shape trying to stay uh positive by everything that's going on but we just want to know uh when we're going to be able to play football again so final question for the interview uh do you have any aspiring or giving advice for aspiring uh, football players that would look up to you oh most definitely then uh, don't give up you know uh stay in school uh school comes first it's a student athlete you know when you do have the opportunity to uh play football or play any sport that you would like, you know, listen to your coaches, listen to your parents. Don't be, uh, don't be selfish, be a team player and this, and just work hard uh, and everything will work out in the, uh, in a way, you know, uh, you're not going to always be an all-star. You're not going to always be the superstar on the team, but you can always be a key player and a, and uh, a, and a key role to, to a team that's going to honestly always need somebody to work hard and that's going to uh, follow the rules. Well, I'd like to thank Willie Jefferson, who is, again, a two-time Great Cup champion, a three-time CFL All-Star, for joining the podcast. Thank you again, Willie. Thank you, man. I appreciate you.